Previously on the show, the party arrived in the town of Arostadol. They uh, saw the injured friend Demita Anger to the care of the local doctor to see to their wounds, as well as finding their way about the town. Uh, Maisel had some tense interactions with members of the community, particularly shopkeeps, uh, looking for goods to assist them with their travels uh, further uh, through the Great White Empty, uh, making some enemies along the way unexpectedly. And uh, as the party sort of found their way around Arostadol, Ozias also met a uh, tiefling woman by the name of Hope, who, after uh, briefly speaking with one another, uh, Ozias was able to commission the work of a new performance costume so that he can uh, get back to his true calling in the performance fights. As the evening grew long, the party reconvened in the main hub of the center of Arostadol, the main plaza, where Maisel was informed that Demita had woken up, and she and Trang headed to greet him upon him waking from his uh, unconscious state, and Ozias uh, visited the local inn, as this evening they are set to meet the Iron Hand for a meal and discussion regarding their travels, meeting Kaisa and Yua on their way to Bal- to the town of Arostadol. So, let's get back right to it. Maisel, Drang, you all left the local care of the, uh, the doctor as Demita fell back to rest, informing you, Maisel, of his assailant, the figure in the red cloak that attacked him in the ice wield, warning you not to encounter them, to avoid them, and giving to you a small gift in the way of a new way to connect with the world around you. Ozias, you had a drink in the lobby, the dining area of the inn, just off aside from the longhouse of the Iron Hand that sits in the dead center of the main plaza. The two mm. black, uh, excuse me, three black coat officers sitting just across the room from you at a booth, enjoying a drink and a meal, talking in hushed tones. Drang, your evening has been an interesting one. You've been followed by a sort of strange sensation, a cold breeze and an odd sort of melancholy air has hung around you. It seems to creep up the back of your neck and float around your shoulders as you walk only subtly there as if you're just being chased by this cool current of air. Maisel, Drang, as the two of you arrive back in the center of the plaza, you see the longhouse of the Iron Hand sitting before you, tall and imposing. It's quiet interior, now loud. Even from here, you can hear the noise of people inside. Whatever meeting, feast, or or gathering you had been informed of by Kaisa Escola earlier today seems to have begun. Ozias, you in fact actually watch as the evening grows dark and the sun fades from the sky. Those three officers raise from their seats and leave the inn. Uh, I'm just going to continue drinking. 
<laughs> Maisel, Drang, you watch as these three emerge from the inn as you enter the plaza, which is quiet, lit by small lanterns all the way along the perimeter. Lights can be seen from inside some of the shops and fronts that skirt the exterior edges of this main plaza, and they turn in the center and head towards the longhouse, ascending the large stairs that lead up to it and opening the double doors and walking inside, allowing the doors to close behind them. It's uh, it's like dusk-ish, yeah? Yes. At this point, <clears throat> sun has finally faded from the sky, and it is finally night. Okay, I'd imagine um, Maisel has been in sort of just uh, quiet and like uh, half-heartedly walking behind Trang back in this direction. So she's um, she's in following mode at the moment, just like trying to collect her thoughts. Drang and yourself? The thing is, Drang is also elsewhere. <laughs> she's been elsewhere since the previous day. She's not about to stop now. She's just uh, I think she stops outside the inn because their plan was to their plan was to get a bath. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think she stops outside just to kind of make sure Maisel's still there. Wonder if that's the right thing to be doing. Realize she doesn't care that much. They're supposed to be having a meeting that Drang does not care about in the slightest. Um, oops. Oops. Okay, so in the, Drang it, doesn't it, care about most things right now. <laughs> okay, in that case, I think Maisel is um, <clears throat> uh, sort of absent enough that she is just like walking forward, um, and like as she like sidles past uh, Drang, just like kind of bumps into the 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 inn door before like oh, <laughs> uh, and and slowly opens it up to um, to walk back in. Okay. Uh, the two of you see Ozius sitting at a table alone. Um, the room. Ozius, wa- you yes. Is he alone or is he with a person we don't acknowledge? <laughs> <laughs> <He's alone. laughs> That's unusual. I sent Zach to his room. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> because he was a stinky Zach. boy. Yeah. He actually sent. <laughs> All right, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. And it's been two weeks. He's got to be pruny by now. <laughs> um, at this point, the room is at, at this point the room is actually quite empty. Ozias, you've watched as many people over as as these last like couple hours have uh, gone by. Many of them have gotten up and they've left. Um, many of them talking about the the meeting in the longhouse, um, not hiding it. Pretty vocal about the fact that there's going to be food and that the Iron Hand will be addressing some of the more. Uh, important figures in the town and that Kaisa has returned. Um, the typical fare of a well-known figure returning after being gone for a while. And they all seem to be leaving to uh, have a meal there at the longhouse uh, as the evening grows later, leaving you mostly in this room by yourself as Maisel and Drang enter. What's up? Uh, we learned of the assailant, um, 
what about you? Your where is um you know the the small Zaf. Zaf. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's uh he's taking a bath or something. I don't know. I've been here. I've been doing this. Mm. Mm. Trying just kind of wordlessly sits down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You uh look like you use a drink there, drink. Perhaps I shall. Yes. Drink, please. <laughs> yes. Uh the barkeep, which is a, a dwarven gentleman with short cut hair and kind of just a, a bushy beard. He just like nods and starts pouring another ale into a into a tankard and he comes around the bar and sets it on the table. Good. And he yes. looks Thank at you. you, Maisel, and he says, You as well. Um uh, Yes. Please. He he actually was already holding a second tankard and with a pitcher <laughs> in, in, in the other hand, pours a second and sets it on the table, sets them at two of the remaining three seats and he just taps on the table and points at the bar and he says just uh pay up when you're uh, on your way out and he walks away so crime now you've got my attention <laughs> it was our intention to locate and collect the crime Collect the crime. I like where this so is going. So that we can no with the with the fights. <laughs> yes, the fights. We collect crime and then fight each other. No, you said we. Yeah, I'm just. Say this you. was your plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, all right, everybody, calm down. I am sorry. I am not as attentive as perhaps I should be. Thank you for your patience. All right. So. so Here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, also, aren't you two going to a meeting soon or something? We're all supposed to be going to the meeting. I have determined I do not care about that. I have also <laughs> determined that. Do you think I need to go? I do not think so. Maisel, do you think you can take this one? You're a bunch of nitwits, you know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maisel is actually, like, she wasn't sitting down to begin with. She was, like, standing <laughs> at the table. Uh, I am going to walk away. I'm going to walk out to, to head towards the meeting. Okay. Yeah, sure. The bartender watches Maisel leave and shouts over to you, Ozzy, and he says, still have to pay for the third drink. He didn't even touch it. I'm not going to so, pour it back in the pitcher. Just give it to somebody else. Are you kidding me? He looks Drang's around and finish at this her point, drink. it's completely empty other than the two of you. Drang's going to finish her drink and she's going to kind of look at Maisel's drink and look at Ozzy and look at Maisel's drink, like, which of us is drinking this? Ozzy is <laughs> nodding at Drang. <laughs> one of us has, okay, Drang's gonna drink that one too. <laughs> and I guess, I guess pay up and then follow Maisel. Uh, okay. Maisel yeah. will, will perhaps get into trouble. That's just what she does. She'll get impaled. We'll bring her back to life. It's just a routine we have. For that not happen, <laughs> let's. Mm. So, how much do I owe the bartender? <laughs> uh, for for all of the drinks, um, which was those, including three, Ozzy's full. Yeah, 
Uh, Jen doesn't understand money. She'll do it. <laughs> I, instead of going to the meeting, <laughs> would like to go to the ring. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, and now that I've... Would you say I've spent over six hours in this town now? At this point, yes. It would have been probably just about almost exactly like six to eight hours at this point. Okay, cool. So I now... Um, hold on. Let me get the actual wording. Um... Uh, I know all public locations in the city as if you were born and raised there. Um, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So wow. That's one of my things for my class. Street smart. <laughs> okay. Nice. So you're familiar with the majority of the physical locations within the town. Anything of of note by name. Um, you've heard it at least or you've seen the signs. You've heard people speaking. The details of, of where specific things might be, um, it would take you a little bit of time to get it to, to locate it. The town mm. is pretty large for being so far out into the north. Um, mm. And I'm going to addendum your, your class ability just a little bit and say, you know of and a little bit about pretty much everything. But you're not sure which one might be a front for the fights. And it would probably take you a little bit of time to suss that out. And it's late in the evening, and the streets have gotten quiet. And so mm -hmm. information will be hard to come by. Not impossible, but it'll take some time and effort. I'm just going to take a stroll, baby. All right. Go ahead and make an investigation check as you take some time. Are you setting like a limit to how long you're going to really be walking around? Because it's going to get late soon, and it might be a little suspicious for you, a stranger to the town, to just be walking around late, late at night. Uh, there's nothing suspicious about Ozzy. I flip in a coin. That always looks good. <laughs> I'm smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Uh, seven. That was my okay. role on that investigation check. Cool. Um, um, yeah, I'm not going to get too silly with it, but I'll, I'll definitely take a stroll around for a couple hours, as long as I okay. think this meeting is going to go. Sure. Yeah, you spend a couple hours walking around town um, unsuccessfully. Um, you don't really find anything of note. There's a few places that you feel are large enough to potentially house it. So you already know that it couldn't possibly be at the loose thread, but it is large enough to fit it. Um, the Admaris General Store is large enough to potentially fit it. Mm -hmm. As well as a few others, there's a... There's an inn and a tavern each that both could fit it. Uh, one of them is called the Lioness, and the other is called the Tame Snake. Right. Um, do I run into anybody while walking around? You catch a glimpse of a couple people who are doing some late-night errands or, or finishing up deliveries of goods. Um, mm. You see a couple people... Um, dressed kind of unfamiliar to the town. They they kind of seem a bit mismatched to what you've seen of the townsfolk. They look like they might be traveling merchants, and they're basically walking like a like a cargo wagon through the town, dropping off crates to uh, almost exclusively like taverns and inns. Um, right. But those are the that's the majority of what you catch is just the odd person doing some late night errands, and then that group of individuals. I I would like to approach the most rough-and-tumble-looking delivery person I come across. Go, go. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, you uh you approach that that delivery group and there is a uh, there's a there's a half orc gentleman who's doing all the manual labor of moving the cargo off the the wagon onto the ground and kind of carrying it to the back door of the inn uh, that they're currently stopped at. And there is uh, two halflings sitting on the coach, uh, one in the the actual driver's seat and the other uh, standing in the back with like the curtain parted and helping move stuff to the end so that the half-orc gentleman can grab it. Um, Both of the uh, halflings have like this really vibrant red hair that's just like really frizzy and poofy. Mm -hmm. Uh, they look almost identical, like they're twins, uh, both men, and they're just handing the, helping hand the, well, one of them is helping hand the crates off to the, uh, the half-orc gentleman. As you approach, um, they're just finishing up moving their cargo, Mm -hmm. and the halfling sees you and says, uh, ergo, uh, and points to you, and the half-orc stops. And he sets the crate down, and he turns and puts a hand up, and he says, Hail. Uh, what's up? How can we help you? Is uh something you need? Uh, I've been hearing that there's uh, somebody trying to set up some, some matches in town, and they're doing a piss-poor job of it. Uh, gold for whoever can tell me where it takes place. Make a persuasion check for me. Uh, 16. Okay. The the halflings seem kind of nervous, especially with mm-hmm. your cloaked appearance, like hiding your face and everything. They seem a little uptight, yeah. but the half-orc steps in front of the crate that he set down, and he walks up towards you, and he says, What kind of fights are you talking about? I mean, this is a pretty long way from... Uh, Usually where you'd see that kind of stuff. I mean, down south, see it all the time, but here in the in Arostadol, I mean, that's a hard thing to come by. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing, but uh, I heard from a reliable source that somebody's trying to get something going here on there. Not making a great showing of it. Uh, I want to chat business with him. And he turns over to the halfling and he says... Can't hurt nothing, right? Little coin. And the halfling rolls his eyes and steps back into the coach, and you just hear the voice coming out from inside, and just says, Fine, tell him whatever, I don't care. Um, Half-orc says, We uh, just dropped off some stuff for uh, a local bar, a tavern. Kind of unusual, uh, normally we just deal in, you know, foods, uh, drink, bringing stuff up from the hearth, making sure that people up here can actually, you know, have food to sell, food to eat. But we made a specific stop to bring um, some medical supplies, some other odds and ends, things that you wouldn't really be dropping off to a tavern. Uh, couldn't really get more out of them, but I figure it's probably what you're looking for. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. What was the name of this place? Uh, the Lioness, I think. All right. Uh, thank you for your time. And I flick him a gold piece. 
and catches it. And then he looks back to the halflings and he's like, drinks. And he waves to you and he walks over to the coach and picks back up the crate he was working working on lifting and takes it to the back of the, the inn and sets it down. Cool. Uh, Maisel, you begin to approach the longhouse as all of Ozzy's business is occurring. And as you approach, the building is quite intimidating in size. Um, it's a pretty imposing shape sitting at the very end of this plaza. I'm not afraid of buildings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the long the longhouse itself uh, looms over the other smaller buildings in the plaza. Uh, the facade of the building sits atop a double-wide set of stairs that ascend to a tall arched front with a vaulted roof and it has two large double doors made of heavy wood. Thick. They look sturdy. The doors themselves um, sport an intricate hand-carved sort of relief mural on the surface of them that spans from one side all the way to the other in one full image. Uh, The mural appears to be a depiction of some sort of battle. Would I have any idea what it's representing? Make a make a um, investigation check for me. That is an eighteen. Okay. Uh, inspecting it closer as you ascend the stairs and really start to look at it and try to discern the details of it, uh, the mural is a detailed carving of a large battle between two armies. Uh, one side adorned with highly detailed armor, being led by a large figure wielding a massive war axe. The looming silhouette of a colossal figure hidden within a storm, stands at the back of this army. Their foes are clad in outfits reminiscent of the uniforms of the three individuals you saw upon entering the town earlier today. They appear to be fleeing from the overwhelming force of what you now realize is an army of legionnaires of the Black Iron Legion. Um, Okay. Uh, I would imagine Trang is still a little bit behind me if she was, like, deciding to come and uh, not paying the bill and all that. Uh, or paying the bill, excuse me. Um, so <clears throat> walking up and still, like, in a little bit of a foul tiff of walking out of there, um, I think she's going to walk straight up to the door, notice it, do nothing with that information, and uh, push the door open. Okay. Uh, as you push... The mostly still quietness without, minus the very slight kind of muffled noise coming from the interior of the building. As soon as you break the seal on these doors and push them open inward, you are assaulted by a wave of sound and scent. Uh, Raucous merriment and the aroma of a feast fill the space inside the longhouse. Uh, The interior is long, flat, and open. It is bathed in a warm amber light from torches that sit on these massive pillars that hold the vaulted ceiling above you and a massive bonfire at the center of the the actual room itself, ventilating from holes in the vaulted ceiling above. There are banquet tables on the left and right sides of the room that stretch all the way to the back where they stop when they meet a raised platform 
at the center of which is a large, tall-backed chair draped in fine pelts and furs with a massive black iron war axe resting against the side of the chair. The entire space is filled with people. Many townsfolk, there are a couple legionnaires you actually see, still in their armor, helmets off, with a fur kind of draped over their shoulders and along their backs. Um, each of them has some sort of pelt or fur that they're wearing across them in a more formal wear, but still in their armor. And everyone is just speaking and talking and eating and drinking and just kind of generally having uh, a very good time. It is a, a proper feasting gathering of people from the town, and you count that there's maybe upwards of, of potentially even 70 or 80 people within this building, all sitting and conversing and enjoying this evening. As you enter, you immediately hear a recognized voice shout out to you. Maisel, um, hi, and Kaisa approaches from off the side, no longer in her armor for once. She is wearing a sort of, uh, not quite a dress, but it is very slim and does have a skirt to it, but there's this large belt and a tunic at the top, uh, giving her a little more of a, a more masculine, uh, appearance as she approaches for the first time not wearing her armor since you've met her and she walks up to you and sees drang behind you and she says uh is your other are your other two companions joining as well they're not uh, i look at drang and double check that they're not um Ozius has other business but i thought it you were correct, and it would be prudent to attend. They're not. Very well. There is a table for guests. And you you see as she gestures, those three officers are sitting at a table alone. Somewhere kind of at the back center on the left side, closer to the door than to the raised platform with the seat. She, uh puts a hand out and gently, cautiously places it on your upper arm slash shoulder, and she says, um, you are guests. The Iron Hand will address you all, um, when he arrives. I suggest you sit there. Um, that table is for guests in the town. Um, there's already food. And you actually see that the entire tables are just covered in platters of foods. Um, there's uh, fresh roasted meats, as well as uh, entire selections of uh, food that uh, Maisel, you immediately recognize as imported from the Hearthland. Stuff that doesn't grow up here. Fresh greens and produce that's impossible to grow here in the north. And she gestures to the table and she says, please sit. Um, I will come back to speak with you later. There's something important I wanted to mention to you regarding our other friends. But for now, please, um, eat. If you'd like. That's fine. Um, Maisel is fine with that. Goes and sits down at the table. Yep. Go sit down. Okay, and for a moment, Kaisa kind of waits for Maisel to walk forward and she steps behind her in front of you, Drang. And she says, um, Drang, is there a more formal way we should uh, address you? 
I we know Maisel's first and last name. The Iron Hand may may wish to speak with you in particular. I am known as Drang of the Short Days. Thank you, Drang. I will inform him as such. I I would ask that you attempt to enjoy yourself at least somewhat. You are a guest and an honored one at that. You're... Unlike the rest of your companions, you are... Well, the Iron Hand will definitely like you. So rude. (laughs) (laughs) Rude and mean. (laughs) I'm very excited to meet someone who will get along with Drag better than Basil. That won't be terrible. And she puts her hand out and sort of taps it on your arm. And she points up just ever so slightly before walking away. I guess Drang looks up. Okay. Drang, as you look up, you do see smoke rising from the bonfire and leaving through slits in the ceiling. But also you see that the roof, the ceiling of this building is carved, much like the door outside. And you see what is this beautiful hand-carved mural of this vicious snowstorm swirling through the entire ceiling of the building. And right at the heart of it is a figure. A towering, imposing figure that you recognize to be commonly what many mortals depict the Winter Emperor as. My grandpa! Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is a sort of reverence in the, the, the depiction. Drank nods because this is correct and appropriate and <laughs> goes, to, goes to sit down with Maisel. All right. Uh, as the two salad. approach the table, again, there are those three black coat officers who have sat at their banquet table at, at this point and have removed the large, long... Uh, like almost single piece cloaks that they were wearing. And underneath they're wearing these very tight trimmed, high collared uh, uniforms that are extremely long and streamlined. Very long straight lines in the design. And one of the three of them, the woman who has this dark uh, skin, she has these three silver um markings on the collar of her uniform and she sits between the two others who you both see only have a single stripe on their collars and as you all approach she stands and looks at the two of you and she smiles this polite smile kind of smiling more with the eyes than with the mouth and she bows just ever so slightly and sits back down and puts her hand out to the spots directly across from her and her two companions. Um, yeah, as she's putting the hand up, Maisel, like, sticks her hand up for a handshake. Um, she <laughs> like, before, before she's even able to sit down. Yeah. Before she, yeah, before she finishes, she smiles 
wider and she reaches her hand out and she grips yours and you notice there's a firmness to it, like this strength. And she shakes it and she says, I, I am Dioa. And you are. Maisel, Fisk, that's quite the grip. We, I think we saw you earlier. Um, this is, this is Trang. Trang. Uh, and I sit down right across from her. And she sits back down as well. I am Dioa Ue. These two are Leavened Rocklight as she uh, gestures to the human on her right and Ordern Babrons, the half-elf to her left. The human is in his late 30s, he has short red hair, and he is chewing on an unlit pipe constantly, kind of holding it up and has his elbow on the table just chewing on the the mouthpiece of the pipe. The half-elf has dirty blonde hair that sort of curls a bit at the edges, and he's got kind of this cold, stony uh, look in his eyes. He's just, these. his eyes are sort of grayish and very narrowed. And he's always just kind of casting his glances around the room until the two of you sit. At which point, when he sees you, he just nods and goes back to looking around the room. Uh, Dioa looks at the two of you and she says, So... I know why we are here, but I don't know anything about why you are here. And I believe you know already uh, our goal here in Arustadal, but I know nothing of you. You came in with the skull. That must make you important in some way. (laughs) Um, well, trying maybe. I... I'm just well, that, a uh, that tourist, let's say. A tourist? So far in the north, it's a dangerous place to be touring. I'm, uh... trying something new. How about that? New? Very well. And... We travel further north. I see. And where are you headed, exactly, further north? I return to court. I have been called and must go. So you're heading to the throne. You'll be passing by the capitals, then. Yes. It has just occurred to me that this will happen, yes. Interesting. I've heard that the Fae use other means of travel. Odd that you'd be traveling by foot. These are odd times. It seems so. Very odd indeed. And Miss... And she gestures uh, again to you, uh, Maisel. It was Fisk. Yeah, yes, Fisk. (laughs) Apologies. I've met so many people today. Many of them not particularly friendly towards me. Miss Fisk, why do you travel so far north? So, so very far north if you are heading to the throne as well. That's a long journey to make just for the sake of sightseeing. I could name many 
more beautiful places to visit in the south or even the east in the Riverlands. So name them. <laughs> name five more beautiful places. <laughs> if you're more of a if you're more of a historian type, you could always visit the Grand Historum in Deep Ridge. There's the Field of Blades, site of one of the first Rose Wars. Well, you, if you're courageous, but not quite so foolish as you are to come here, you could always visit the White Sea, visit the city of the Alabaster Throne in the desert, off to the far west. You'd even get to see the Serpent's Ribs if you pass that way. Where are you from, Miss Fisk? Okay, um, I want to grab, uh, like an entire big baguette. Mm-hmm. Um... Those, yeah. those French baguettes that were famous yeah. at, uh, yeah, yeah. at, uh, at Viking banquets. It's a weird menagerie because there's there, you can tell which stuff was caught and made here and which is definitely from the hearth. Like, there's such a, like, disparity between the things. Like, there's whole roasted haunches of, like, some sort of wild animal next to, like, fine baked goods. Uh, okay, yeah, I pick up that and, and crack it in half. Um, and... I want to point to like the what would be the equivalent of like the the marbling of the the outside of the uh, 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 um, the crust of the bread, mm-hmm. and I go um, uh, the hearth uh, verdam the uh, if you look um, and I want to point to like along the the top edge of the the, the bread, um, so here is. Uh, Right, the way into this place. Uh, and I point to like a little, like the first little knot of um, where the yeast clearly like built a little hole. <laughs> this is, uh, this is the dam. Uh, and the, the town I'm from um, is uh, Bethune. And uh, this was the nearest place that meant anything. And also, uh, we very likely imported this because Oh, I guarantee it. Well, we made a lot of bread. As nice as this can be uh, made here. There's simply no ground fertile enough or not quite so frozen to actually grow the wheat. If I, uh, may, and I want to rip a big piece of the bread off and just, like, plop it into some, some kind of, I would assume there's a soup or something nearby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it tastes like garbage dry. (laughs) So it's a funny thing, being from Verdun, from the hearth, outside Verdun, pardon me, I'm not sure of your feelings on the matter. The people of the North have coveted the hearth for many, many years. Even gone to war for it once or twice. And now you've come here just to see what it's like. And she looks around at the room around her. Very bold of you, Miss Fisk. I must admit. Are you connoting that positively or negatively? I don't suppose I've decided yet. And you, we, uh, we saw you walking into this place, but 
Well, I'd love to know where you were a day ago. A day ago? A day ago I was traveling through the great white emptiness with my two companions. All the way from the capitals in order to retrieve some cargo that is in need of delivering to the capitals. One Miss Yua Balasan in need of seeing her father. So how about two? Two. Um, Basil pulls the bread out of the um, the, the goop um, and puts it down in a plate and starts to, with like a fork, like cut it apart a bit. Uh, I, I, I missed something there. Sorry, one more two time. Two days though. ago. Sorry. Oh, How about two, two, days, two ago. days ago? Okay, yeah. thank you. That was like, <laughs> that um, she chuckles, still traveling through the Great White Empty. It's a far way to come. It's all the way on the other side of the Dominion, the northwest, near the Bay of Lies. It's a far way to travel all the way through all that ice and snow, avoiding vicious monsters and horrible winter wraiths. But we managed, and we're here. Took us about a month in total to make the journey. And that's at a fast pace. Um, I think Maisel does, like, stop for a moment at hearing that it's it's a month, like, oh, no, what am I doing? Um, but uh, only for a moment, and um, continues to uh, to cut the bread and grabs um, some kind of, like, I don't know, leafy greens uh, to put, put on top. Um, okay. And is uh, building a little bit of a uh, bruschette um, mm-hmm. to... Uh, to share with the the group here. Yeah. A month, you say. That's quite the journey. Do uh, at a fast pace. Not yeah, so that uh, one less suited for the danger can manage. Drang is just kind of mutely looking back and forth between them and eating a salad. Like, fifty <laughs> percent aware she's out of her depth, and fifty percent doesn't care, and is just eating a salad and watching. Drang, you said your name was. Hmm. Your reason is quite simple, but is there not more to know? Where have you traveled from? have come from the island <laughs> which which island there are many are you coming the one from the, where... sh- the shattered coast or where else um and drang gives uh whatever name she has for it in sylvan and uh she just repeatedly f- forgets what people call it <laughs> uh it is summer reach isle for you cat oh yeah for cat 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 forgets too but Drang forgets because she yeah. knows it by a different name and that's, for very good re- reasons. It's perfectly fine. Uh, when you say Don't it... Don't worry about kind of, it. She shifts her head and she says, I am afraid I do not speak, Sylvan. It is not uh, something that summer, I am trained for. Something. The island. Summer something. Oh, <laughs> that's... 
Well, I guess an island is a way to refer to it. It's awfully large. Uh, <laughs> Summer Reach is um, a beautiful place, I've heard. I've mm. heard the beaches of Ash Landing are quite gorgeous. Black sand, truly a sight. What were you yes. doing all the way that far in the south? You were just above the Emerald Sea at that point. Mm. So close to the Empire, too. Well, I guess yes. technically now part of the Empire, if news holds true. Technically. Technically, indeed. I've heard there's been some interesting things happening in the Empire lately. Rebels attacking the capital, killing civilians. Again, if news holds true. You think that's just interesting? That's your take on it? Well, it certainly if. doesn't affect me on a personal level, so interesting is all it really can be. Until the day we go to war with the Empire, their news means very little to me other than casual chit-chat over dinner with new friends. Hey, Cap. What are the spell pieces in this ad? Um, advertising, pandering, obligatory, and team. Then I want to use my piece, Honest, and cast Honest Advertising to tell people that Sword of Symphonies is an actual playtest campaign of the game that you made, starring us. Ooh, ooh, and I want to cast Charming Pandering and tell them how much fun we are to listen to. Ooh, or would that be Charming Team? I think I have a charming team, yes, Kirsten. Oh, Nick, do you want honest advertising to tell them that we have sort of a cozy horror vibe and that people can listen to us every Saturday? Oh, and before we do that, I'd like to add my spell piece music because I write everything in-house. Yeah, I love your music, Kathleen. And I think your sound work in general is top-notch. So let's cast honest music advertising and charming team on the listener and invite them to join us on Sword of Symphonies. Salad. <laughs> At this point, she has her, her knife from her table set in her hand, and she's, like, spinning it on the point of her finger. Knifing around. And it's just, like, gently, like, balanced and twirling on her, fi- on her fingertip. Um, Maisel... I think looks is a little like oh wow cool. Um, uh, finishes cutting apart the, uh, the 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 bread thing um, and places some on everybody's uh, uh, plate uh, oh. and like stands up for a moment and looking for a specific uh, decanter of um, like kind of a like a gravyish substance that sure. would be would be reasonable with this this um, this bread uh, I would imagine um, in sorry I should say in Verdam would also be up here. Yeah. Quite okay, a bit cool. of the, the food is from that area as okay, Verdun, cool. Verdun was one of the only places that actually was close enough to the north to sell its goods to the Dominion. So a lot okay. of this food is from Verdun and not not very uh, not many other places in the hearth get this far north with their goods. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to grab that and pour a little dollop uh, right next to it on on everybody's plate, 
um, and uh, trying to like, oh, oh no, okay, yeah, I'm gonna pour it on everybody's plate, and as it like as I pass, um, um, say her name again. I'm sorry, Dioa. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, it's I want D-I-O-A. to. I O A. Got it in one. Cool. Ooh. Um. Uh, I want to hit the knife as I put the the pitch the the canter back down. Sure. Um, Mazel. a force for destruction. <laughs> she uh, as you reach and set it down and kind of try to intentionally tap the knife. It slides between her fingers and rolls through each of her fingers into her hand, and she puts the point down into the wood of the table and rests her thumb on the butt end of the knife as you set the decanter down. That's cool as hell. Um. <laughs> so All right. Question. As your yes, cat. The stew meat. Um, you honestly don't know at this point. The gravy. Uh, the stew, so the soup was not meat. The gravy, it's gravy. It's yeah, it's meats. That's okay. Jack's gonna eat it anyway. <laughs> the, oh, the politeness. <laughs> the forced manners. Uh, Maisel, as you lean forward to set it down, you have to get quite close to Dioa. Um, and at this point, you see her figure over the edge of the table much clearer and you've noticed that she's had one hand up on the table moving it with the knife uh picking the knife up at the latter half of that conversation but moving her hand as she speaks but she never raised her left hand and you see that she has her sword at her hip and her her palm has been perpetually rested on the pommel of the sword the entire time you've been speaking Uh uh-oh um, I, I, I did notice that. I don't need to do anything to notice that. Yeah, I mean, you leaned over okay, cool. and it's just right there. It's Her posture okay. is quite quite clear. As soon as you can see over the edge of the table, uh. it's not, she's not hiding it. Ooh. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, as I uh, put the decanter back down and she does that cool thing, um, I go, so traditionally this is a, uh, a left-hand swirl through the uh, the gravy and eat it from the bottom and it's a good way to start the meal among new friends so to you to yours um you then take the uh, the other hand and put one finger into the uh, the gravy and uh, rub it along the top so if we would everyone to mm. humor me from from out of town. Are you? No. Is Maisel making this shit up, or is this? Absolutely, she is. Okay, make a perception am... check for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. a criminal. Fucko. <laughs> Maisel's um, a criminal. Oh wait, no, I have plus nine. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that's a plus sixteen. Nine? God, <laughs> why are you the party ranger? <laughs> She uh, she smiles as she watches you kind of like like awkwardly describe this, and she takes her left hand and she raises it up up to the table and she puts both of her hands up, and she sets the knife down, 
and kind of steeples her fingers. Very well. If you insist. And she does as instructed. Same. <laughs> um, Ozzy. It's so bad. Hey, what's up? What do you How do you with doing, the, bud? What do you do with the information you were given? All I can think about is how bad Ozzy would have been in that entire scene. <laughs> Dinner party political intrigue-esque? Probably not Ozzy's strong suit. <laughs> um, I'm going to the tavern. Okay. Yeah, you find the lioness. You saw it earlier earlier that uh, evening. And um, it's gotten quite dark at this point, but you've managed to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. That piece of information given to you by those merchants was really useful. And mm-hmm. you managed to get to the lioness quite quick, and it's closed down. There's um, close for the evening. It's all mm-hmm. shuttered up. Uh, which is odd for a tavern. A lot of the other ones are open still, um, even though they're mostly empty. This one is completely closed. The doors are shut. The windows, the shutters on the windows are closed. The doors locked. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you approach it, it just seems like a simple tavern with a um, sign hanging from the front with a carving of a lion head. Uh, And it just says the lioness on this sort of iron sign hanging above the door. Um, I would like to patrol around the building to see if I can get any any kind of peek in to see if there's something still going on in there. Sure. Make an investigation check for me. Totally. I don't know why I keep investigating when I'm not very good at this. Uh, 14. Okay. Yeah, you uh, you patrol the building and you find that near the back, there seems to be an entrance to what looks like a cellar that's locked with a big chain and uh, like heavy-duty lock. But there's definitely some sort of, like, back entrance to some sort of basement. Okay. And Can I, notice, like... You actually... So, it's worth mentioning as well that you notice that the, the entrance to this is far enough back from the back of the building. It's actually kind of, like, dug into the ground. There's, like, a gap between it and the building that mm. paints a picture that the floor plan beneath this building is much larger than the floor plan of the building above. Cool. Um... I would like to do... Can I, like, hear anything out here? It's quiet. Okay. There's the wind. You hear the odd sounds of uh, mastiffs somewhere in the town, like, barking, barking and growling at each other, um, just mm-hmm. echoing through the air. But the building and the cellar are quiet. Um, okay, I would like to do a glance around to see if anybody is near me. Sure. Make a perception check. Okay. Is this the Wii Shop music? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you said perception, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, ten. You look around. You see a person way down the road, um, locking up their shop and then closing the door and the curtains. You look down mm-hmm. the other way, no one. And then you kind of glance behind you. At some of the buildings on the other street, back towards the cellar, mm-hmm. and then you hear something. Mm-hmm. What are we looking for? A voice whispers <laughs> in your ear. Ozzy says, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and as you leap forward and turn around, standing before you is a tall figure in a 
almost checkerboard pattern suit with long penguin tails coming down the back. The pants themselves have checkerboard patterns down the sides of the left and right. A large, tall-brimmed hat with a checkerboard pattern along the ribbon that is across the, the center. And a completely blank white mask holding an umbrella like a cane in front of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Does this person's voice sound familiar to me? No. Okay. Um, Okay, Ozzy just says, uh, uh, just uh, doing some inspections. Who are you? Who am I? (laughs) Who? And they tap the bottom of their mask like they're tapping on their chin. Who am I? They're wearing beautiful pure white gloves and they begin kind mm-hmm. of walking around pacing back and forth that is a very good question my strange mysterious friend i will pose one to you who are you to be snooping around so late at night um my name is Ozius, and i am a champion fighter that's a very impressive title to give yourself. Modesty is a strong quality. Uh, I will beat your ass if you'd like. Oh, I would <laughs> love to see that, Mr. Ozius. And he stands up very straight and he says, Well, what to do is do. Uh, if you would like to know who I am, I'm a merchant, a salesman, a individual who deals in goods of the strange and unique variety, and I was just passing through when I saw your suspicious activities and found myself curious. My name is uh, Adelaide. It's a pleasure. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Uh... So what are you selling? Oh, what aren't I selling, Mr. Ozius? You got like a cool key? Hmm. (laughs) He reaches around into his jacket pocket and he pulls out a a large mirror that's far too large to have... It's, like, about, like, this big, and it just emerges from his jacket. No. And he slides it back in, and it vanishes. And he reaches again into the other uh, breast pocket on the inside of the jacket, and he pulls out a small key on a string. This one's special. It has a bit too much sentimental value, though. Not that one. And he tucks it in the pocket of the front of his shirt. I suppose you're asking to open that, correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. And what is inside that is so interesting to you to be skulking around in the middle of night? Well, it's less the middle, more the beginning of night, I suppose. Right. Um, well, I hear there's a ring down here that's being criminally underutilized, if I might say. A ring? What kind of ring? And he puts his hands up like this. Like on the finger? Yeah, or... there's there's a, a single pinky ring down there that is criminally underutilized. A fighting ring. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
fighting ring. You did say you were a champion fighter. I'm, I'm beginning to put the pieces together. It all makes sense now. Thank you, Mr. Ozzyus. You've been uh, very forthright. I appreciate your honesty in the company of a stranger. How about we make a deal? I can help you with what you need, but you'll owe me a favor. Uh, I mean, I could do it myself. You just walked up here and interrupted me, so... I suppose that is true. <laughs> I fear I may have been letting my manners slip again. I apologize. It's a habit of mine. I think I may have made a mistake. Well, Mr. Ozius, if you don't need my assistance, then I suppose we have no business to do. Which is a shame. I was hoping you'd be interesting, entertaining. I... I have a friend who loves making bad deals. <laughs> That's an odd statement to make, Mr. Ozius. <laughs> but I am intrigued. Nonetheless, where is this friend? I think she's at the longhouse right now. Oh. I am in fact heading to the longhouse. Well then, I suppose... Perfect. Everything will work out. Consider your favor paid. And he steps forward and puts the um, umbrella out and taps the lock and it just turns to dust. <laughs> uh, and then and then he turns to you, Ozzyus, and he says, and in return, an introduction. And he snaps his finger and the both of you vanish. <laughs> I hate being harassed by magic people. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you just vanish out of thin air. And in an instant, you are in the longhouse. You, the two of you standing right inside the front doors with a whoosh. Ozzy looks around and says... I was specifically trying not to go to here. <laughs> and the figure then turns to you, Ozzy, and he says, Very well. So, an introduction. This friend who'd like to make a deal I'd love to meet. Please, if you could introduce us. I'm always in, uh, well, I'm always excited to meet someone that I can... It Bob? doesn't need, it doesn't need a description. Oh, <laughs> You hurt my feelings, Mr. Ozius. I just did a favor for you. When you return to that basement or dingy fighting ring or whatever, it will be open for you to uh, do whatever you want with, I suppose. But for now, introduce me to your friend. Quid pro quo, Mr. Ozius. Do, do I see Maisel? Yeah, Maisel and Drang are sitting at a table having an awkward interaction with the three black coat officers you saw. I'm sure Maisel is gesticulating like wild, but she's easy to find. I, I, I would like to point at Maisel and say, that's Maisel. Maisel, lovely. Um, introduce me, would you? I guess, can you put me back after this? It was a long sure, walk. Of, co of course. I'll send you right back. I can't guarantee in one piece, but... Uh, Alright, those are worst things that have happened to me. Alright. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I walk over to Maisel. 
Mm, yes, <laughs> cats. Oh no, that's just trying being like, oh, I've noticed something, but also I don't <laughs> want to get involved in the conversation. <laughs> uh, as this is gonna look over Maisel's shoulder and make a something's happening gesture. <laughs> Yeah, Drang, you see the two of them, but Maisel's too engrossed in conversation. As this is happening... The a... biggest difference is the marbling down, you see, the side of the... I'm just making conversation. <laughs> you hear Kaisa's voice speak up over the crowd, the people inside the building. It goes quiet for a moment as she speaks. The Iron Hand will enter and address the room now. If you could... Silence, please. And the room falls completely still and quiet. As a door behind that large chair at the end of the room opens. Out of sight, but you can hear as you hear the heavy footsteps of someone walking out from behind the seat. Emerging is a large human man, broad at the shoulders and thick around the arms and chest. He has long, graying hair braided back in an intricate weaving pattern. His gray and white beard braided and cinched with a large ceramic bead. His face is wide and angular around the jaw. Nicks and scars dot his weathered and somewhat wrinkled skin. He is large. He stands, he stands tall, straight, and sturdy before all of you. He is the image of a true warrior, battered by time and battle. His arms are covered in intricate tattoos that cover nearly every inch of exposed skin. He is draped in pelts and leathers, with a single black iron pauldron on his right shoulder. He steps forward and places his hand on the chair and it slides down as it reaches the end of the handle of the large black iron battle axe resting against it. And he looks out over all of you and everyone else, and he clears his throat. <clears throat> Welcome, all of you, friends and neighbors strangers and guests to my home. We are here to celebrate the return of my daughter as well as greet my granddaughter Yua. In addition to the presence of guests from outside of Roasted All, I ask that you pay them tribute and show them hospitality to my granddaughter and my daughter who have returned. And he puts his hand up and everyone in the room raises their drinks and in a cacophony they all shout, drink, and put their, their cups back down. And he gestures out to the table where... Maisel, Drang, and the three black coats sit. And to our guests. And he puts his hand up again, and everyone once again puts their uh, cups up, shout, drink, put the cups down. Maisel stands for a moment, and then for a moment too long, and then sits back down. 
some of whom traveled into the town with my daughter and granddaughter, and some who have come from the capitals to speak with me, as he looks at the officers. Please finish your meals as you please, but when you can, I ask that you step forward so that we may speak. Those of you who traveled here with Kaisa, I would like to thank you. And for those of you who have come to take Yua, I believe we have things to discuss. Enjoy your food and your drink. And he steps around the chair and sits, leaning all the way back into it, his arms resting against the armrests. He doesn't seem keen to your... uh mission no I suppose not but this is granddaughter after all unfortunately he doesn't get much say in the matter if he refuses it will be bad for the entire town you heads to the capitals one way or another whether she or anyone else here likes it or not and she looks around the room as much as those who live in this town may hate us, they have no power against us, lest this town cease to exist. What do you bring to this town? I don't know anything about you. We don't bring anything to this town, Miss Fisk. That is exactly the point. In the event So what do you keep from it? Blood and fury. Drang is kind of like looking at Ozzy and like motioning toward a chair like, what are you? Can you? Are you? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think Ozzy's just around the room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Adelaide is just like like nittering in your ear like (laughs) demanding that you introduce him to uh, Maisel just like pestering you Um, Kaisa at this point has stood and she walks and she stands beside the iron hand at his seat and she just kind of stands upright very uh, very proper very stiff and sort of um, statue-like, holding this sort of presence of professionality as she stands at the front of the room. At this point, um, Yua approaches from out of the crowd, having been sitting at a table as well, and she begins to speak to her grandfather, the two of them just kind of talking beside his seat. So are you, uh, going to go up first, or...? Wait. Best not it seems like you've got bad that. news. Yes, best to save it for last. Let people enjoy their food for a little while longer before they turn to ire and scornful glances. Maisel starts to stand up. I'll let them know you're here. Um, Oh, they they know. And and as you say that, you actually see that a lot of the people sitting in the tables nearby are, like, staring at them in between eating. Like, staring daggers at the officers. 
through their entire meal. Um, yeah, Maisel thought it was a good line, not that it was accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bears mention. Um, and you, I assume, approach the Iron Hand? Uh, yeah, I'll stand up, and, like, I would imagine I have to, like, wade through Ozzy and Adelaide, but, like, I, I want to get get that way. <laughs> so I'll leave that opening to, to, to walk past them. Yeah. Adelaide, at this point, is like, oh, it appears something serious is happening. I uh, realize I haven't actually introduced myself to the Iron Hand myself yet, either. Perhaps our introduction should wait a moment. This seems kind of important, and... I have forgotten my manners once tonight. It won't be a second time. We can wait, um, Mr. Ozius. Um. And he kind of steps away into the, the crowd and he starts like grabbing food in, from in front of other people and is like making casual conversation as he starts picking food up away from other people's plates. Uh, as Basil passes. <laughs> yeah, I sidle like bumping through both of them. Uh, Ozzy points to Adelaide and to Maisel says, um, this freak kidnapped me in an alley and would like to talk to you. Stops. You, uh, you turn and <laughs> he's, got, like, you coward? he's got like a piece of bread like tucked under his mask in his hidden <laughs> mouth and it's just like <laughs> and dip it in the gingerly. soup. <laughs> he takes it out and dips it. And holds up the soup and the bread and takes a bite. <laughs> Horrible man. <laughs> um, yeah, Mesa looks back at Ozzy. How did you get here? Kidnapped. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I uh, had a weird conversation and then now I'm here. I don't, I'm not keeping track these days. Uh, Maisel, like, slides next to, like, the one person in the way between the two. Ooh, and my camera goes funky. Um, <laughs> and looks to, to Adelaide, who has a mouthful of soupy bread. Mm. <laughs> he, he takes it out and he says, mm. Maisel, mm. Fisk. Adelaide, uh, pleasure. It's nice to meet you. I'd like to speak to you a little bit later. Um... Well, Ozius, I suppose this means our deal is done. Would you like to go back? Yeah, I didn't like what? to be here in the first place. Okay, and he pokes you with the <laughs> umbrella, and you just whoosh, vanish out of the room. <laughs> Some of the people sitting at the table, says, what the fuck, <laughs> are like shocked as Ozzy just gets whoosh, into a puff of smoke, gone. <laughs> He's a whiner, complaining. I just wanted an introduction, but I think you have a more important one about to occur. All right. She walks we away towards, uh, later. Yeah, towards the It was front. nice to meet you. We'll talk more. Uh, she is Wait, stomping towards the front him? of the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ozzy. Nope. You are you are not in the alley outside the lioness. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> You're in a dark room with no light, and as soon as you end up in this space and you move, you immediately bump into a table. 
and you hear dozens of objects on this table rattle and shift and clatter and clang. And when you back up, you bump into another one, and another table full of random shit starts m- making noise as well. Um, but it is completely dark. Now this is kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, this is especially kidnapped. I'm trying to look. Um, I do have dark vision, so I'm going to take my time to get my bearings. Um, sure. Let my eyes the, adjust. The light comes into focus, and you get this sort of like uh, black and white image of what is in the room around you. It looks like a knickknack shop, like a curio shop. There's just tons and tons of random shit in this in this room. Tables and shelves and like hooks hanging stuff on the walls. It is like a a hoarder's antique shop. Mm. And every single item has a little like tag on it. Um that just has like a single line description of what it is. And you have to like look really close to even see that there's writing on them with the the darkness. Um, but it's a room maybe about 20 feet by 20 feet. And there's no source of light anywhere in this space. But there's a door in the back that looks like it leads to a back room. And then there's what looks like a storefront door in the front of the building. With like a little bell on the, the door that would ring if it was opened. Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents, and join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening.